you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I want to describe something real quick about myself uh, that I noticed <laughs> that I had to put some scripture and some verbiage to to make it make sense even to me. I have a relentlessness to want to discover and unveil what is not working so that the truth can be revealed in an area because I am a firm believer. I have seen it in my life. I have seen it in the lives of others. And once I know the truth, you cannot shake it from me. What I have discovered is once you get the revelation to what the truth is in a particular area, if you apply it, you will never be the same. You will never be the same. You will never look at certain situations the same. You will never look at certain people, certain whatever, just fill in the blank, whatever that is. You will never be the same because now you are equipped with a brand new set of skills and information that kind of makes things clearer. I remember when I was younger, I really thought that they were mag magicians. Like, oh, you really did pull that particular rabbit out the hat and made your finger disappear. And until I got older and found that that was not real, along with wrestling. Sorry, I don't want to, because somebody's grandbaby is going to get hurt if I say that. Uh, but just with a lot of other things, when you start to not be afraid to go to sleep after you see Freddy Cougar, you're like... <laughs> I can't possibly respond to that like the seven, eight, nine-year-old me because I know the truth now. I know that this is a guy under a ton of makeup, <laughs> under a striped sweater that just does not go with his complexion, but you know what? That's between him and the Lord. And uh, yeah, so even if it's one, two, I mean, yeah, yeah, the theme song is kind of scary. It makes me take a big gulp, but I cannot respond to this particular character, this particular movie, this particular theme, the same, because the truth has been unveiled to me. And once you get the truth unveiled, that is called revelation. And once you apply revelation, you will never respond or should not respond to things the same way. Lately, I have found myself wanting to just break free of whatever it is that it's like the shackle to people. It bothers me that people are blinded in areas that we are deceived uh, and not people. I'm included in, in that sometimes as well. But the fact that we are not seeing how simple things are because we're just under a ton of either pressure or emotions or I mean the media the social media everything it's like oh my gosh and if we can just get to unveiling the truth we will start to see and realize we have been under a false pretense this entire time we have allowed certain news stations and anchor media to pump us with fear that we didn't have before. That there are, this is such thing as bringing light to something. There's another thing at controlling your emotions through continuously exposing you to things that we're not supposed to be exposed to just at regular six o'clock in the evening news. You, you see what I'm saying? And I had to stop for a minute and ask myself, what is that thing in you that just wants to seek out go find, discover, come back and spread. And I said, my goodness, if my life is not literally Romans 12, <laughs> like I literally, I'm like, God, you literally 
like if the Bible, if nothing at all, this one portion of the Bible speaks volumes to me. Romans 12, 8. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it kindly. But that starts off with if you if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. I do not know how to sink. I know that that probably sounds like several different things, probably to several different people. But for me, what it is, is that I do not know how to stay down. I have had situations among situations among situations. And because God gave me and trusted me with the gift of encouraging others, he literally put a flotation device in my spirit that it literally prevents me from sinking. I do not know how to say down. I do not know how to stay sad. I do not know. I am like, okay, this is what you feel, but let's identify the truth and then let's put something in place and then let's go ahead and look at, I am an encourager. I am trusted with the task of encouraging God's people. And sometimes that person is myself. And I find myself lately looking at like, the, the people and at jobs. I no longer want people to be at their jobs, at their desk, and pulling up to, to a place that does not serve them. I recently became a plant mom. And what I realized is if I put one plant in too much sun, that plant literally withers away. So where some plants thrive in bright, direct sunlight, other plants literally die in that. And what I'm starting to notice is that people do not know how to identify the soil that allows their soul to prosper. I said it before and I say it again. We, we were made from what? The dirt, right? Soil. And I said soil, S-O-I-L, is one letter away from what? What God breathed into us, which is a soul, S-O-U-L. The more that you don't identify the soil in you, you will never be able to identify what God has for you, what God created you for, the thing that you were purposed for. So many people walking around, I don't know my calling, I don't know my purpose. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. If you just took time to say, okay, that doesn't work for me, you don't even understand the blessing in that. The things that don't work for you are actually working for you because it's showing you to what, what not to include. And when you don't include it, you get closer to the thing that you were created for. My gosh, if we got to the point that we started to say, okay, I don't really think that I'm a morning person. I'm not, I'm, I feel like I'm my most creative in this sense. I feel myself kind of like blossom and open up and bloom when I start to do more of this kind of work. For whatever the reason, this type of career path bores other people, but I'm super interested in, and I can watch videos about this, and I, I find myself seeking out more information. If you were to quiet your external environments, your inner leading is already letting you know through the Holy Spirit, this excites you, this stirs you, this wakes you up. You're very clear on what bores you, right? So maybe do less of that and more of whatever makes you feel childlike. I made a vow to myself and I wanted to share it with, I want to share it with everyone. <laughs> I literally texted today to someone. I said, I will never 
shackle myself purposely ever again. Life is too precious for anyone to be on this earth and to feel like, but I have to work this job because I have to stay in this relationship because I have to continue to relate to this particular titles, family members, whomever, because your because is literally killing you. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It is making your flower of life wither. And maybe if you weren't directly into the sun, if you weren't directly in that work environment, toxic work environment, corporate, whatever, maybe, I know you, you thought entrepreneurship was it for you. Maybe it's not. I know you thought that old boy was it. Maybe he's not. I know you thought that was going to be your best friend and your A1 forever. Maybe she's not. I know that there's so many different things that once we get exposed to it, if it's an alternate reaction to what you feel in the inside, be brave enough to say, I thought that that was it, but it wasn't. I thought that I was walking into this, but the variables changed. So now I'm getting an alternate reaction. I'm getting an alternate result. It's okay to create the first world and realize I regret making man. So I need to go ahead and salvage and make a second. It's okay to have intentions for something initially, and then it does not fulfill what you thought. And so now you need to recreate what's really in your heart. It's okay. If the creator creator did it, then his creation can do it. Give yourself permission to say, it's okay. Let's go ahead and try something different. Let's go ahead and turn this back around. People stay in the first world because it's the first world. And what will people think if you started over? Really? Really? Your creator started over, but for whatever the reason you don't want to, cause what, what people may say, because you, you may have wasted time. Because you may have wasted money. Let me ask you something. Do you truly think any portion of your life that if you were to restart that you wasted or put more at risk than what the creator did the first time he made the first world? You look at all the species of birds. He did that before. You, you, you talking about wasted time? Yeah, how you view time that you feel like you're wasting time in your lifetime and not looking at what God actually did. I'm sorry, you said that you put too much money into that? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, you, uh, again, sh- cute argument, not strong. I don't know if it will hold up in the court of law in the um, heavenly of heavenlies. I ain't going to hold you to heavenly courts. And I, I find myself literally trying to dissect what makes people think like that, that they hold on to things, that that. It either produces worry or fear or whatever it is. And I'm I'm having these conversations with people who are currently in situations that they like getting headaches behind jobs, having anxiety, pulling up to a parking lot, not being motivated when they clock in and sign in, whether it's working from home or not. What you don't understand is for some people, it's not environment. For some people, it's actually the task. If the task bore you, I don't care if you were on the beach signed in, you would feel like I need to sign out of this because I'm withering. And that's what you need to identify for yourself. What is the ingredients that makes your particular plant of life flourish? Like I discovered it's environment for me. I don't care if you give me $2 million, you give me a corrupt leadership, 
uh, surfaced around people who want to aid to a toxic work environment. They want to gossip. They want to cause issues. They want to throw you under the bus and email and then smile at you at lunchtime. I promise you by the time that you see me a couple of hours from that, it, I am exhausted. And I always was trying to figure out why am I so sleepy? So I'm trying to go to bed earlier. I'm trying to, you know, get certain, put lavender on and, you know, put on your temples and put it underneath your nose so you can smell it. It's not enough lavender it's not enough anything else in the world to make me equipped and energized to see through a toxic work environment it does not work for me take your two million and your toxic people and I raise you I'm going home (laughs) I promise you for some people they can do that they can go ahead and play the the corporate tit for tat I'm not your girl yeah, you're not going to be, I'm sorry before I ever gossip and tell people and how that other before I ever Ever. I truly believe in Colossians 3.23. I work like I'm working unto God. I work with a level of excellence that I'm not going to have. I'm not going to embarrass my dad. If I prayed about this job, I'm walking in here and I'm doing the job the way that I want God to be able to say, you did well. I'm proud of you. So that when I step up or step out, I already know that God knows that I did the best that I could before I made any decision. That before I go ahead and want a promotion, that I make sure that I did this job with excellence, that I I managed this seat with excellence. But if I got to dust my feet, that means that there was nothing left for me to do because I did everything with excellence and there's no growth here. This pot is too small for my plant. Do you see what I'm saying? And so, again, thinking about all these different things, I just had this text message conversation with a friend and she's like, yeah. And her response to remaining at a toxic work environment was that this was going to be her last particular time working for someone else that she was going to eventually work for herself. And I know what she's doing in particular. She has a time frame of being debt free, but let me explain something to you and call it a lot of things. I call it kind of realistic mixed with, I'm just sensitive to life at this point. I don't know what this is and why it's flourishing in me now, but I literally feel like how dare you bank on, I'm going to use this particular time to remain uncomfortable. And then I'll start living then when you do not know your time clock, you do not know your time clock. I literally do not understand. Like I, I wish that God gave us a clock that only we can see. Right. And when we were to look in the mirror every morning, every time we washed our face, any time that we went through a mirror, it told you the time that you had. Imagine looking in the mirror and all that person had that looked in the mirror was three months left. Would you really spend that the way that you spend in that right now? Matter of fact, even better. I wish the goodness that God can have it that when we looked at other people, we can see the time clock over their head like like a little Sims game. Will we be more passionate with people? If we saw that somebody was super duper mean, but we looked up and we only saw 17 hours left, we'd be like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I, I, I would, I understand why you're feeling that way. Will we be more compassionate with each other? Would we really just live life to, to the fullest, not irresponsibly, but if you knew the time clock that was above you, would you spend it the way that you're currently spending it? And why does it take that to get an eye awakening moment to say, you know what, God bless America, but I'm not getting up to come somewhere where I don't flourish all day. I'm not answering my phone for somebody who makes me feel heavy when I 
hang up the phone. I'm not doing that. I'm not staying in a relation with someone who does not see me or feed me the way that I ask. All I'm asking you to do is just do my top love language. And if that's too difficult, then let's move out of each other's way. But we dare not be bench warmers for ourselves when we truly can win the championship somewhere else. Do you see what I'm saying? It, it literally is becoming more potent to me that life is to be enjoyed. That life is to be un- enjoyed. That you should truly feel like that thing that Jesus did, that brave, gruesome death and resurrection, that Calvary, that everything that he did just for me to have life and more abundantly, I dare not go into this world and live it under abundance on purpose, on a volunteer basis. Are you serious? God sacrificed his one and only son. He didn't have a whole bunch of them. He gave you the only one that was in stock. He gave you the limited edition. I'm not making another one. There will not be another Virgin Mary. There will not be another Immaculate anything. I'm giving you the one time, the one thing that I only have, and I'm banking and I'm putting everything in this basket, all the eggs, and he's going to do something that's going to make your life better. If he does this, your life will be better. He does what he does. He resurrects on the third day. He takes away the sin. He, he leaves you peace that he leaves with you, not peace that he lives onto the world. He says, listen, if you abide in me and, and, and my word abides in you, you can ask for anything in my name and the father would do it for you. I'm giving you the advocate. He literally unlocked and unloaded on you. The, the blessings of, of heaven will open up. You can bind something on earth and then bind it in heaven. You can loose it in heaven and then loose it in earth. He gave you all this power. He gave you all these different benefits. He gave you all these things for what he did. And what did you do with it? You signed up to a job eight hours a day that makes you feel like you should have been the one on the cross. Why? Why? Why do we do it? Why is it being done? I don't understand it. I am literally flawed. I just, I don't get it. Let me explain something to you. If somebody that I love did something for somebody else that don't love him in such a way that I see they're not appreciative, I want to put hands on you and ain't, ain't going to be no prayer attached to it. There is something really bothersome to me to realize that people just are living like, I don't know, maybe the way your mother did, maybe the way your grandmother did because you don't know no better. But guess what? Exposure is the biggest blessing ever. Find someone that encourages you. Find somebody's life. Life. That's not too far-fetched like a celebrity or such, but just find something. I'm going to give you an example. I am extremely and have always been extremely motivated by people who just literally tap into things that is just like, wow, that's amazing. When I follow Tabitha Brown and trace how she pretty much got blessed, I mean, just... I look at her and I was like, God, whatever you're doing with her for her, keep doing it for her because it's encouraging me. And I'm not just saying that to sound great. I'm not saying that so it can, oh, I can sound like, you know, the mature Christian. I promised you. And God, and God is, listen, I'm not going to fib on God. I literally said, keep blessing her because it encourages me. I need to see that God is still answering people's prayers. I need to see that God has opened up doors that no man can close. 
closed. I need to keep seeing that. I don't want to keep reading a book all the time. Sometimes I need to go ahead and see somebody actively living this thing and saying, oh my gosh, look what God is doing for you and to cheer on someone because I want to go back and be able to, even if I can't point to myself, I want to point to someone else and say, but look what God's doing with her. Look what God's doing with him. He's still in the business of keeping his promises. That's just it. It has nothing to do with getting God's reward. It's seeing that his word is not void. Do you see what I'm saying? And I was going to come on here and have a totally different conversation with you. But like the bishops be saying, listen, God has, he, he wants to speak to somebody. I don't want people to wither no more. I don't. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> And I just want to go on a limb and say that I really do feel like sometimes I feel a part of what God feels for his children, for his people. It hurts my feelings to see somebody. And when I ask, why are you, are you still doing that? So what's your plan for A, B, and C? And so what are you going to do? I feel like people stay stuck because some people, all they know how to do is endure. All you know how to do is endure terrible times, terrible relationships. Jobs that aren't fair. Well, at least we get, you know, holidays off. You don't serve an enduring at least kind of God. And don't hear me say that everything is just supposed to be walking on sunshine, that everything is just supposed to be great, that you're going to get real estate in Pleasantville. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I'm saying that when you walk closely with God, there is a certain set of skills and resources and ammunition that's in your belt that not a lot of people can say that they have. And I thought about that further. I said, you know what? There is danger and uncertainty. It really is. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason why certain people live the way that they do because you don't know when you're going to go. You don't, a person doesn't know their time clock and when it expires. They don't know. It's a danger in living with that information in a certain degree. Some people take it to extreme. They're like, yo, I'm going to just YOLO. I'm going to run up dead. I'm going to travel and just not spend my money right. And do it, it, That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm saying uncertainty has a certain danger to it. That maybe not knowing something, like the Bible says, you know, my people perish from a lack of knowledge. Maybe not knowing something has a, mm, <sighs> It kind of pokes the hole in the thing that is progress in everyone's life. And I'll tell you a little further when I was thinking about this. My husband today said to me that he was watching a sermon and he heard Stephen Furtick pretty much allude to that the enemy attacks the area that people value most. And so I was like, hmm, so I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, okay. And so what happens to me is that when I hear a word and it res resonates with me, I feel the need to go back to the Holy Spirit and go, hmm. Can you give me a little bit more on that? And what I got, the revelation that was given to me was there is a danger in uncertainty. And I said, give me a little bit more on that. He said, Eve, when the enemy was able to elude in an area of uncertainty, that's when she disobeyed God. And I was like, oh my gosh, L literally, that is what happened. She went ahead and told him the whole floor plan. We got all this. We got all that. Da, 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 we just can't eat from there because God said that we would surely die. The enemy was like, you won't cer certainly die. 
God just knows that if you eat that, your eyes will be open and you're going to know good and bad and you're going to know, you're going to be like him. And, and he literally tapped in and expanded on the area of uncertainty. And for the first time, the Bible says that and read your Bible, the Bible says that she looked at the fruit and saw that it was beautiful. And so what I interpret that as is she wanted to be like God. And the only reason why she was able to even fathom that it's beautiful and all that other stuff is because she was uncertain. She, and somewhere in that woman's mind, she was like, time out. Is it that we're going to die or is it that we're going to be like him? And the enemy sees the opportunity because uncertainty peaked his ugly head. I thought about Samson. I said, why did that man tell Delilah so many times, so many times, you know, Delilah kept asking, what's, what takes your power away? And this man literally eventually told her what takes his power. Oh, my hair's never been cut. So if you cut my hair, then my power's going to be this, that, and the third. He literally gave this woman the key to what was going to eventually be his demise. Why? Because when somebody is uncertain that someone is really out to get them, like I was reading Samson's story and I was like sir this woman asked you more than two times she asked you what what takes your power you told her something you know gave her a red herring real quick she you told her something else and the next thing you know you find yourself bound up and people coming in but you were able to overcome them cool she asked you again the same thing happened sir I didn't get your attention okay the third thing and now guess what now she really finds out what's going on you really don't win this fight this time and why because you were uncertain and sir, that this woman was not for you, that you living a lifestyle that you were living with a prostitute named Delilah, that it eventually was going to catch up to you. Uncertainty is not anyone's friend. There's a danger in uncertainty. I was thinking about Job. Literally, the Bible starts off with how rich he is and how much he got going on and this, that, and the third. But guess what? He was always on behalf of his children, sacrificing to the Lord because he felt like maybe they were sinning. And he was always worried about his children. And he was always worried about what they were doing. And he was always worried, worried, worried. There was an uncertainty. So uncertainty peaked this ugly head. And guess what happened? The enemy found a foothold in Job's uncertainty. Now he got to get all this bad news about his kids and his businesses and this, that, and the third. And now he's, oh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. And he's just going through because there is a danger in uncertainty. The Israelites, when Moses went up and was communing with God and doing all the things that he needed to do and getting the tablets and the Ten Commandments and all that, the Israelites saw like, yo, he's been away too long. Um, We need somebody to lead us. <laughs> uh, We don't know when he's coming back. And we don't really know. So then Aaron, with the pressure, was like, okay, so just get everybody's gold and let's go ahead and make a golden calf. Why did y'all make a golden calf? Because we were uncertain when Moses was going to come back. So guess what happens with uncertainty? The enemy peaks his evil head. Why do you think that when the relationship is going astray with such and such or whomever it is, that it, it starts off with a thought? You think they're being faithful? Mm-hmm. You think, you think he really at the gym? You think she really at work? You think she, and it starts off with uncertainty. Jealousy diluted all the way to the core. It's just uncertainty. You're uncertain if that person is as monogamous as they say that they would. You're uncertain 
if this job truly values you the way that you value it. You're uncertain if your kids are going to grow up and do the right thing. You're uncertain if you'll be able to pay all your bills and this and the third. And if we really were to take an honest look, do a surround sound of our situation, what you will start to see is you are literally trying to overwork and over-emotionalize and overperform for the areas that you are uncertain about. That's exactly what Job did. Job was like, I don't know if I can get all these kids to obey God the way that I know they should be obeying God. I don't know what they're doing when they're not in this house having dinner with me. I really don't know what activities and God could just be really, really mad. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to overperform. I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice on, on behalf of all the kids to God. Really? Yeah, I don't really know. Um what Moses is doing up there. So because we're not really certain what he's doing, we're just going to try to mm, wing it and figure it out. And in the midst, don't you realize that when you're winging something, when you don't get instruction from God, when you don't have the prompting or the confirmation from him, that you literally do something that alters your life in a way that you're like, if I just would have waited and asked God, if I just would have prayed on that first, if I would have just stopped and listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to see if that even felt right. Sometimes the word doesn't come through an audible something. Sometimes it doesn't come through a dream. Sometimes it doesn't come through other people. Sometimes your confirmation is a feeling. If it don't feel right, pause. Pause. Something is off on that. There's no way that you get ready to embark on something and you have a uh, pause. I promise you, you want to pause more than you want to go ahead and play because once you go ahead and get on certain tracks, that train kind of derails when God is not the conductor. You may want to go back and say, okay, let me pause real quick. <laughs> let me go ahead and recalibrate God. I'm, I'm about to make this step, okay? And I just need to know that I know that I know that it's you. And so when I said to myself, I said, okay, so if there's a danger in uncertainty, then I need to confirm because I'm a very one plus one equals two. Okay. And I have a biblical stance behind it. I need to see an example of certainty winning and, and Holy spirit was like, and that's exactly what I wanted you to say. We're going to read about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. I said in Matthew four, he said, yup. I said, NLT version. He said, and you know it. I said, Holy spirit. <laughs> Cause when I tell you that's my, listen, that's my dog. Okay. Okay. So real quick, Matthew four. Let's start it from the top. One, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Two, for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Three, during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Four, but Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hmm. Five. Then the devil took him into the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. Six. And said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you don't even hurt your foot on a stone. Seven. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Eight. Next, the devil took him to the peak of very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Nine. 
I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. 10. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. 11. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Hold on. <laughs> what? Ha- wait, the devil left? Mm-hmm. Why? Because Jesus was 10 toes down in certainty. Confidence comes from certainty. Confidence, certainty, Christ. That's what backs the devil up. But he didn't even have to say, flee from me, Satan, in the name of me. (laughs) You know, he didn't have to do all that. It was just, let me explain something to you. What everybody else may remain ignorant in a thing, which you don't know, sir, is that I am the word and flesh. And so what you're not going to do is tell me what my dad said about me. (laughs) Literally, I'm going to remind you of what I know that I know that I know. So, um, yeah, that was your best shot. Come again. That's how we need to be in everything. Somebody questioning your marriage. Somebody questioning your particular path that you decided to take. Some, oh, you having another kid? Oh, you moving to that part of town? You moving to that part of state? You moving to this, that, and whatever it is. Are oh, you going back to that job? Or you, you you leaving that job? You spent 20-something years there. All these different things. And everybody's seeing on the outside what looks like uncertainty. But what you need to do is be standing on, I know what God told me. I know what I read. I know what he planted in my heart. And nothing that I, I'm going to do do is going to look like I'm going to use the GPS of everybody else's uncertainty. You don't know what God has for me, but it's okay because I'm about to show you by living it. The end, I don't got to explain nothing to you because I ain't going to hold you. I'm I'm not a, a braggadocious grandbaby, but like if I could have been Jesus in the wilderness, this probably would have read a little longer than uh. 10 verses, 11 verses when he actually left. I would have actually started off with a little bit of the Deacon Jay-Z. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is, bro, you know, first of all, I need to remind you of who I am because apparently you don't know who I is or be. So let's go ahead and do step one. Remind you of who I am and who I is and who I be. Step two, do you know how to say my name? Matter of fact, I'm going to hit you with some destiny child. Say my name, say my name, because even the demons know me. Like, I need you to tremble. It says that the rocks will cry out. Do you know how powerful my name is, bruh? Say it, but you can't say it. That probably would have took about 10 days taunting him back. <laughs> Can you say Jesus? 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 And it would, you know, and petty Matthew 4 probably would have been 79 million verses but guess what no no there ain't no tempting me sir I'm tempting you (laughs) you wanna argue I can't argue with you you Lucifer like you see what I'm saying like I promise you it would have read different but I love that Jesus showed us listen sometimes you waste so much time describing yourself reintroducing yourself going ahead and reminding people what God said to you going ahead and know you know I gotta believe in myself I just gotta do it you spend your time saying everything but the word of God You spend your time defending. You spend your time trying to convince. 
You spend some your time trying to at least have because you you feel lonely on this particular journey, so you need at least somebody who understands you and puts puts words to the melody that's in your heart, and you spend so much time, and you don't even realize you're wasting time. I see an exchange that was so short because Jesus was so sure. He was certain. And the problem is, and I guarantee it, without even being a gossiping grandbaby or being a grandbaby that can look into your life right now, I promise you that if you look at the very area that you currently don't feel you're most confident in, that you currently are having the most trouble in, that you currently have are feeling the most emotional tug in, I promise you if we were to really look at the foundational root of what really is the issue, you are uncertain. You're uncertain if that relationship's going to work. You're uncertain if you made the right decision. You're uncertain about the choices that are before you. You're, there is something that you are uncertain of. And what I'm trying to drive home is you better stop and get some certainty because that's the only thing that closes the door on Satan. Do you understand that? I'm going to literally, and, and I never did this before, but we're going to do it again. I need you to see how Jesus interacted when the devil tried to go ahead and infuse an uncertainty. Three, during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Four, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Five, the devil, so this is number two now. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Seven, Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. That's the second. Now the third. Eight, next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Nine, I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Ten, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. If, if, if uncertainty 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 is the only tool that he has spoiler alert i just dismantled the devil in your life no devil in the name of jesus this marriage is going to work for what god put together no man can put asunder god blesses covenant god loves marriage and we both believe in that so that's what's going to happen the very thing that god started in us he will finish with us we are god's masterpieces there's nothing that you can say no god i will become a wife no 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 devil i will become a husband no no no. what i will be you need do you need I will become a mother. I will go ahead and get that promotion. I will have that particular dream that's in my heart. I will be a business owner. I will, I will, I will. You need to start going ahead and attacking uncertainty with what you know that will be done. You need to start attacking it. What's the first phrase and how Jesus responded the first time in, chapter, in verse 4? But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say. Then when he responded again in seven, the scriptures also say. 
Then when he responded the last and third time uh, in verse 10, get out of here, Satan. We're not doing a lot of emotionality. We are walking strongly in, in what God has for us in the mighty name of Jesus. We are assertive. We are strong. We are confident. We are a lot of things that we are now realizing, oh, my gosh. It's like, you, you know how they, they say with dogs and stuff, like they sense fear? The devil senses uncertainty. You better get with God and say, let me explain something to you. I have realized what the common denominator is in certain areas of my life. And I no longer want to be uncertain because I know that that leaves the door open for Satan. When you get that clear, you look a lot like Jesus in the scripture. You look a lot like Jesus in the wilderness. And then what happens? Verse 11. Then the devil went away. And angels came and took care of Jesus. Mm. Did you know that certainty makes him go away? Did you know that confident does the same thing? Why do you think the old heads say, be confident in the Lord? Why do you think God, God told Joshua, be brave and strong? Because confidence leads to certainty. And certainty pushes the enemy out of any location you're in. You don't, you don't know if you're going to be able to keep your job. Yeah. Not, now, now you scared to go to work. Now you got anxiety. You, you don't know that if you leave your job, if you'll be able to pay your bills, you don't know if you can make it without that relationship. You don't know that if you leave and go somewhere else, you're going to be successful. You don't know. You don't even realize that the battery pack to your discomfort is uncertainty. Yeah, why you think worrying is not of God? He got a whole chapter like, listen, don't worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Listen, I dress the lilies. Listen, the birds don't worry about what he's trying to get. And literally all worry is, is uncertainty just on steroids. Job was worried about his kids. That means he was uncertain if they really was going to be blessed or not. Oh, we can have this conversation all day, I promise you. So what is your challenge? Because I gave it to you, but, you know, we can go ahead and just say it again in a different way. Be honest with yourself to identify right now in this moment in your life what you are uncertain in. Find a scripture that confirms whatever it is that you're uncertain of and stand on that. I'm not asking you to feel confident. I'm asking you to speak confidently until you start to respond in confidence. Yeah, confidence has a posture. There's certain people that you know I'm I'm not gonna fool with you. Yeah, if I gotta I don't think I don't think you're gonna probably wanna hear the sales pitch. <laughs> um and not that you look mean, but it's just like you know what, out of anybody else that I feel like maybe naive in the area or maybe it is probably not you, that's what you need to give off in the spiritual realm. You can play with everybody else, but I know scripture. You can play with anybody else, but I know God. You can play any any other game that you wanted to play, but the game of life, you're not gonna you're not gonna play me. I ain't gonna hold you. Find a scripture. I don't care what it is. Medical, I don't care what it is. You find something by his stripes you are healed. You hear me? Finances, mm-mm. You tithe? You better look up Malachi 1.9. You bring, bring, bring it to the storehouse, and he will bring down blessings that you can't even read it. it, it Ephesians, shaking down, coming together. You better find a scripture for your situation, and that's how you respond anytime that uncertainty comes up. 
There, there is no room for worry and uncertainty where God has you. Worry and uncertainty does not produce the fruit that is going to feed your future. Do you understand that? I'm going to be on this phone for another 45 million hours if you do not get off. Because when I say that I am passionate about this, I am passionate about this. Because I peeked into the future and I see what actually holds us up. And it's not the enemy. It's uncertainty. That's the only reason why people give up on things. Why would you give up on your dream? They was uncertain if it was ever going to really happen. Why would you give up on that? I, I don't really think. There's uncertainty. Uncertainty is the root of demise for everyone. It really is. Oh, my gosh. You look at other people and you're like, how did you hold on for so long? I just believed it. That's why faith is powerful. It will carry you through where other people have quit. Bruh, seriously? <laughs> why were y'all like in the wilderness with manna? You get you seeing food come from places you've never seen it before and you still like, ah, I like the better in Egypt because you are uncertain if this land of milk and honey is really going to be all that it says it cracked up to be. And once you get that level of truthful, and once you get to that level of revelation, you will never be the same. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this particular conversation will not only be earth shattering, but life changing. I pray that you reach down and do whatever you need to do in our hearts and in our souls to cultivate what you need to see grown in our lives. I thank you for unveiling what is actually the medicinal demonic trick of uncertainty. And I'm thankful that we will no longer live in fear like we see Freddy Krueger. We will no longer have any other alternate reaction outside of confidently walking in in you God you said you give us peace the shoes of peace to walk in and that's what we're going to be walking in I pray that the helmet of salvation is the thing that protects our minds and I'm so thankful that you allow for this kind of communion because the Holy Spirit is all through and through there is no time and space in the Holy Spirit so when we have these kind of conversations God you are there and you speak to us individually and you customize what you want us to feel and what you want us to hear and I'm so thankful that just one just seed of just believing in you could produce a whole kingdom of fruit. God, I thank you for giving me the gift of encouraging. I thank you that when I, when I speak, people actually hear you. I'm thankful to people who actually want to hear you come to me in a way. And you trust me with that, Lord. You know that the heart is humble and that it would never be hardened to you, God. And I'm so thankful what you're doing through me and for me and to me. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot wait to see how our lives will be forever changed. It's in Jesus mighty name that I I pray through the blood of Jesus because praying like this would never go void. Amen. I don't know if I want to cry, if I want to jump, if I want to run. I think I'm going to just do both. But not on the phone with you. So I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. <laughs> you know what these conversations are. Mm -hmm. Life-provoking conversations. Conversations that not anyone is going to have with you. Anyone but who? correct your favorite homegirl um mm, that was powerful I didn't even know I was gonna pray that so let the Holy Spirit do what he what he does I'm not gonna stand in the way but um we'll talk later okay all right later